What are you doing? Okay, we're back. What is this motion that you just did? <laughs> and action. Mm. Yikes. I am now I'm confused. See, good thing it's not a YouTube channel. Puka, puka, puka. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm C. I'm Key. And welcome to Girls, Ghosts, and Ghouls, episode number 10. And today is Halloween. Well, today is not Halloween. Tomorrow is going to be Halloween, and that's when this episode's going to come out. So when you hear us, it will be Halloween. What are your big Halloween plans, Key? Nothing. Handing out candy. And what's happening at school? We're dressing up. So, key at school, they're doing this whole thing where they are dressing up as doctors and the teachers as patients. I don't even know anymore, honestly. I think it's just whatever you want now. What? What was the original plan? I don't know. I'm not, I wasn't really involved. I heard that you're supposed to do doctors and that everyone's doing patients. So... So people are going to be dressed up as doctors and or patients. And or hospital workers. Yeah, exactly. They're doing a hospital theme at school. So that's the moral of that story. So this weekend was Comic-Con. And I went on Friday. I didn't go. You didn't go? I wasn't invited. uh, You had plans, supposedly. You were supposed to have plans. I did. Yeah, but I thought you did. No, I did. Oh. I still did. Yeah. I know. So that's why you didn't come. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was all right. It was underwhelming. I went as Modern Merida from Ralph Breaks the Internet, <laughs> which was fun, and walked around, saw some stuff, bought some stuff. That's pretty much it. Sought some stuff. Huh. I don't even know. So yeah, that was that weekend, and then tomorrow's Halloween, and we're just going to be hanging out. And then three days later is Keelan's birthday. It's true. The big... One seven. Woo! It's also known as a milestone. No, I'm just kidding. But like, it is, it's but like an it's not. <laughs> it's just like, you know, 17. Whatevs. Whatevs. No big deal. Don't cool, call cool, me. Cool, cool. <laughs> anyway, so tonight we decided instead of telling a ghost story that we have hard proof of. Just kidding. We don't have hard proof of any of them, really. But tonight we're going to discuss an... Uh, shepherd's pie. We're having shepherd's pie for supper, so... Therefore. <laughs> Therefore. We're doing the history on it. No. We're going to discuss how the shepherd's pie was made. Welcome to our cooking podcast. <laughs> I feel like that's a... Okay. <laughs> Not that that's a terrible podcast idea, but like... It kind of is, because what if you're a visual learner? Exactly. Storytel looks about like this. I can't see it. That's like that YouTube video with Gordon Ramsay and that amateur cook, and he's like trying to explain everything to him, and they have their backs turned, and he's like describing what to do, and the guy's doing like it completely wrong. Yeah. Yeah, so it just wouldn't work. Yeah. Do you know that we talk a lot about baking and cooking on this podcast and joke that we're going to have a baking podcast? But if you have one, that's cool. I hope it's going great. Like, I feel like every episode we bring up cake, at least. <laughs> Ew. Anyway, uh, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, what we're going to discuss tonight. Um, so we decided that we're going to do a discussion on the puka tonight, which is an Irish 
fairy or I thought that was a banshee. Ghost. It, that is a it's a banshee, and that's a completely different I Irish fairy. I swear that's an fairy. It's not an animal. It is a okay. We're not talking about banshees tonight. <laughs> it's a banjo <laughs> that has a nose. <laughs> that is another podcast. I'm not even getting into that because we are talking about the puka tonight, which is the P U Fada C A puka, and it is a creature of Celtic folklore. Why are you laughing so hard? That makes me think of pika pika. <laughs> okay. Like Pikachu. So the Puka, depending on the story, or depending on the people that have encountered it. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You know what else that made me think of? What? When you went, the Puka makes me think of Opa. <laughs> okay. This is why we get off topic. So it's uh, depending on the story or depending on the encounter, it's said to be a burner of both good and bad fortune. So it could either help you. Or hurt you. Like the devil. Pretty much. But like But if not. they help you, there's usually always a catch. Dun dun dun. Like uh ooh, what's that guy's name? What's that guy's name? Beetlejuice? No. Oh. Don't say it three times. <laughs> no, it's kinda like Beetlejuice. I don't think you're supposed to say it three times either. But you don't know no, you're supposed to say it three times. Oh, what's his name? Only if you want him. The to... gold. We give the gold. Rumble still skin. That one. Yeah. He like will do good things to you, but there's a catch. Exactly. Like you have to give him your firstborn. <laughs> I don't see why she was so upset about that though. Like just whatever. Just have another one. Her child. <laughs> just have another one. She was like, he doesn't actually want this kid. But then he like showed up and she was like, What? That was for real? <laughs> the hell's wrong with you? You want my baby? Wait, for? why did he even want it? Just to have a kid? I don't know. They never really get like, into that. To like, murder it or like, like... Like, I don't know. In, is he just trying to have a kid but, like, can't find anyone? Because, like... No, I, I think, think that's relatable. Technically, he doesn't even want the firstborn. He wants, like, the name because the name is, like, powerful for some reason. But they don't really get into the details of, like, why he needs the Is name. that a Grimm's brother thing? Story? Rumpelstiltskin? Uh, if so, sounds but it probably like it. has a dark turn. <laughs> like, sleeping. I mean... Going based off of nothing but the name alone, I would say... Is this ASMR? Don't bother me. I mean, don't bother me. <laughs> also, don't bother me, but that... Don't do that, because it bothers me, is what I meant. Now, what was I talking about? Oh, yes. What if someone just had an ASMR podcast? Is that a thing? I don't know. Probably. Okay. Back to what we were discussing. The so puka. Okay. So, basically, it's a fairy. But it's a shapeshifter, so it takes on different mm. forms, and usually it's an animal form of some sort. That was my phone, Kara. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Mar- Don't get too come. excited. Damn it. <laughs> no one ever texts me. I was like, what's happening? Oh, sad life. Okay. Uh, so usually they're more most commonly portrayed as a donkey. As a donkey? That's a lie. I mean... <laughs> They have been portrayed as donkeys, but they're not most commonly portrayed as that. I don't know why I said donkey. Look at the tongue. That's cool. Um, I meant horse, which, you know, same family-ish. They're usually portrayed as a black horse with red or golden eyes. But there are stories where it's transformed into a black dog or black bull, black cat. Basically, usually some kind of black animal with red or yellow glowing eyes. So if people are familiar with stories regarding, like, I think in Scotland they have a legend about a black dog. They're all kind of 
connected, yeah, to the similar Puka legend. Uh, some say that he is a instrument of the devil and that the devil sends him to make deals with people. Typically, they're a rural fairy, so they've always been legend to have helped out farmers and sailors, fishermen, and those kinds of things. So the stories usually surround a rural or marine area of Ireland. So you are not going to run into a puka downtown Dublin. I mean, you might, but... Or downtown Winnipeg. Also true. If you go there. I mean, do we have pukas, though, or are they very specifically stuck on the puka, island? Puka, puka. I don't know. These are the ones that I'm telling you. this story. Yeah. Oh. So there have been... Most of the stories that I know revolve around farmers. There's one... Typical. Where Typical. this guy... This young man. Is he a farmer? He's a farmer. He's the son of a farmer, but he is also a farmer. So he's a farmer. He runs into this black bull who just shows up on the farm, and somehow instantly he knows this is a puka, probably because they didn't own a black bull. <laughs> it's like Mary's rooster. <laughs> You're just like, oh, this bull just showed up here. Whoa! Cool. And then... Dad, where did we get this? <laughs> also the time that it spoke to him. <laughs> Give it away. And did it tell him did all of his work. Yeah, he said, come to the barn later and I'm going to show you something weird. <laughs> he did bull? like that. No, the bull said that to him. Oh. And he was like, this seems legit, I'm going to go. So he went. And I wouldn't go. He found the bull and a bunch of other black animals in the barn. And what they were doing was grinding the grain into flour for them. So basically, they were doing their work for so them. So basically, it's Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> Except it wasn't making gold. So- Stilt skin. Stilt skin. But it's, like, the same idea. So, basically, it did all their work for them, though. I wonder if, like, that story is based off this thing. It could be. You never know. It always is. So, because it's true, because a puka is kind of a trickster fairy. But wasn't... Like, Rubble Stilt skin. I am not. I'm confused. It's a good thing it's not a YouTube channel. Puka, puka, puka. I wear it on my head. Oh, no. What? I was singing the dreidel song. Yeah. So was I. What were you? I was like, what were you singing? I was singing the dreidel song, but I put puka in there. Uh, don't. Is it three? Oh my god. You said it three times. That's not a thing. <laughs> I know, but like it could be. <laughs> I mean, it could be, but it's usually not. I'm going to eat some of this. Um, apparently, the puka were a... Can you... <laughs> we're opening Halloween candy. Ooh, I actually really want some of those Kit Kats, but I'll wait. Swedish berries. Yeah. It's a terrible decision. I hate Swedish berries. What's wrong with you? I'm all about that Sour Patch Kid life. Too sour. They hurt my tongue, though. False. Only if you eat too many of them, yeah. These are Norwegian berries. <laughs> are they? Well, I don't know. Are what's, they knockoffs? <laughs> Should you get what's them in Tolerama? What's so Swedish about them? <laughs> Norwegian berries. <laughs> They're like Swedish berries. Isn't Sweden in Norwegian? There's also Swedish fish. No. <laughs> Norway is a different country. Do you like Swedish fish? I don't. What? I don't actually. I don't dislike Swedish Swedish Swedish, Swedish fish. Swedish. I will eat Swedish fish over Swedish berries. I don't like Swedish berries. They're too sweet. They're too sweet. Swedish Dish. fish. Say Swedish fish <laughs> ten okay. times fast. Go. 
Swedish fresh, 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 Oh man. Okay. So in popular <laughs> in popular culture, a lot of other mythological creatures were incarnated from the puka. So for example, the boogeyman. Boogie boogie. Wait, do I do hand motions when I talk too? Because you do. <laughs> and mom does too. You literally just did this. I was mocking you. You're like, do I also do hand motions when I talk? Because I was mocking you, you. Okay. Well, I don't know if you do. I haven't noticed. I just noticed because you were like, in popular demand. Okay, <laughs> hey. <laughs> blame Grandpa for that. Grandpa used to talk with his hands like crazy. I, I probably do, but I don't know. I think it's a Irish thing. It's a, I know it's an Italian thing for sure. I'm not even that Irish. But I think it's an Irish thing. And then because he did it, we all just like I'm like started a doing quarter it. Irish, maybe not even. Hey, you don't know. You haven't got your DNA yet. But yeah, because mom's, I was fifty four percent and now I'm ninety three percent. Because mom's half Irish. Yeah, but you don't know if your dad's side has any Irish. They could. They're everywhere. He said no. We are everywhere. <laughs> he said no. He said there's no Irish in him. Yeah, but he doesn't know that. But if there is, there wouldn't be a lot, I don't think. Anyways. You don't know that. Ow, my ears are cheap. Anyways, okay, so the boogeyman came from the puka, and also the Easter Bunny, apparently. But which, um, the Easter... The Easter Bunny, which is, like, a pagan, was originally pagan. It's not a and pig. Pagan, I said, and got adapted with Christianity as, like, most Typical. things did, like mm-hmm. Halloween, for example, which is actually the Celtic New Year Festival of Samhain. Back time. Anyways, so, yeah. I guess they derived it because the puka was always giving things, so they... What is this green thing? I don't know if you made it. Uh, it also was in the 1950 film Harvey and in Donnie Darko, where it was portrayed as a giant white bunny, which just seems wrong because in most facts, it's a large black animal. The bunnies come in black. Oh, it's a giant white bunny. Oh, right. But it's always, it's also giant. I was going to say, I was like, what's scary about like a little white bunny? But I see it says giant, which I guess makes kind of different. Makes kind of different. Kind of different stuff. Anyways, it's also been portrayed in a lot of literature. Um, W.B. Yeats depicts the puka as an eagle in one of their works. Uh, Brian O'Nolan, who wrote under the name Flan O'Brien. Why would you do that? So So similar. Uh, his book slash and or play it doesn't tell you a swim to at swim two birds features a character that's called Puka and is a member of the devil class. No, it's genius. The heck does that mean? In Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream, Puck is thought to be a Puka because he's so mischievous and setting up like trouble all the time. You know what would be genius? What? A karaoke podcast. <laughs> That would just be people singing. But to karaoke. Yeah, so they'd be singing covers. No, you're ruining it. <laughs> I'm not ruining it. I'm I just... started playing Minecraft again. And? And that's how I spend most class now. 
in French, I was like playing it and like my friend looked over and she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm playing Minecraft. I'm trying to build my house. You should play Minecraft, Kira. I... And then we can play together. Interesting. I've heard a lot about it, never tried it. You'll become addicted. Anyways, so one of the things that the puka often does is, I told you, help people, but other times it shows up and what it does is it has like a call and you basically can't say no to it. And you kind of make like a contract with it. So if it shows up and says like, I'm gonna take you for a ride, you can't be like, no, I'm good. No, no, no. It's like you're getting on that horse and you're going to ride him. But the thing is, because it's a fairy, it doesn't, it's not like it just goes poof, like riding at like a normal pace. Oh. It takes you at like hell speed. That's my favorite. Speed. Is that a thing? <laughs> hell speed. We it takes you real fast. You know what we didn't talk about? What? How we live in Canada mm -hmm. and now lead is Weagle. Oh yeah, that happened last week. For all of you people Weed. that are excited. I, I said lead is Weagle. <laughs> ha. Yeah. Mary Juana is now... <laughs> I can't. Mary in Canada. <laughs> yeah, it's now legal in Canada. Yes, Mary mm -hmm. And we, like, sold out. Like... <laughs> right away. <laughs> overnight. And then the government was like, well, oh, all that money would have been going to criminals, and now it's gone to us. And we're like... Ooh, ooh, ooh. Not necessarily criminal. <laughs> if you're illegally selling a substance that is illegal, you are a criminal. <laughs> I'm not like a criminal. No, I know, but I mean, criminal is a very broad term. Anyways, Anyways so, yes. So you should come to Canada if you're into that. Cool. Okay. I'm in the middle of telling my horse You story. have to be 19, just to clarify. Yeah. For all you people out there who don't know. Mm -hmm. Which is don't, kind of you lame. You fourteen-year-olds don't drive down here and be like, "Woo!" It's not happening. Although to drink in Manitoba, you only need to be eighteen. So yeah. Woo -woo. So if you're into that. Okay, so the puka often appears as a horse, and he gallops across the countryside and sorry, destroys sorry, stuff. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So he like sorry. will knock down fences, gates. He'll destroy your crops. Uh, usually, when he's like galloping across the country, he likes to take a rider. So he'll come and try and find a rider. Usually, someone that's drunk. And he takes them on like a wild all night ride, and then oh, shakes no. them off in the morning. And that person becomes under the spell and either has no recollection of what happened or just no control over what's going on. So this is a way that they used to account for some people who got really, really drunk and report that they had no idea what happened the next night or like how they wound up where they did. So it was like, oh, the puka took him. You got puka. Yeah. Puka puka. Most legends say that the only man to ever successfully ride a puka was the High King of Ireland and founder of the O'Brien dynasty, Brian Boruma McKennetig. What's his name, Brian O'Brien? No, it was, his name was Brian, which is why he founded the O'Brien dynasty, because it means of Brian. Brian O'Brien. <laughs> oh, that would be terrible. I would do that. If I marry someone and they have like a oh whatever last name, I'm gonna name our child that. Like O'Connor, Connor O'Connor. Connor O'Connor. <laughs> be great. It's like Brian that. It's like that poem from the movie with Robin Williams that I watched in grade nine. Oh, Captain Mike Captain. <laughs> yeah. Not I'm a Connor name. Connor Mike Connor. 
Connor, my Connor. Oh gosh. Okay. Okay. So yes, Brian Boru was the High King, and he was able to stay on the back until the Puka was arrested. Arrested. He was not arrested until he was exhausted. And he ended up surrendering to the king because he could no longer sustain all these rides. There's another story that's very similar to this that my dad actually used to read to me. And it was about this really big, like, strong man in the Irish countryside. And was it him? He was like, he would go out drinking and then he'd come home. No, it wasn't this guy. (laughs) It was was someone different. I meant, was it your dad? No. No. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so. People are gonna be confused now because we're talking about different dads. <laughs> we have different dads. Life's not perfect. <laughs> Anyways. One night stands happen. Okay, what? Killin? I meant me. Actually, I don't even know. But, anyways, can we get back matter. to my story? So, there was a Just story that my dad that. used to read to me, and. This guy came out of the bar. He was this big, like, burly guy that was really good at sports and real strong. And the puka came up to him. (laughs) It's not. And he read this to me from a story book. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so then he goes home. What's his journal? (laughs) I can't handle this. Okay, so he went home, and the puka appeared and said, You're going to come riding with me tonight. I'm going to take you all over Ireland. And I'm going to take your firstborn, Kira. And then I'll bring you home in the morning. And we're going to ride every night until you die. I'm going. And this guy was like, this seems legit. Let's let's do it. But he actually really had no choice. He had to, every time it appeared, he had to get on because he was under the spell. So first Consent. night he went. And then this happened like time after time after time. And people were noticing that he was getting like sickly looking he went from being this like young real strong healthy guy and then he was really like weathered and thin and like sickly and he was getting closer and closer to death with every ride that they took and finally he confided in one of his friends at the bar and said the puka keeps coming and he says we're gonna ride until i die and i'm almost there i can like so he was the puka's ride or die <laughs> is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. And this is where the term ride or die came from. Honestly, probably. I, I mean, it could be. I don't, I'm not that familiar. I'm, I'm real familiar. bad at sayings, so I'm not that familiar. But what his friend told him to do was to make a really sharp pair of spurs and wear them knowing that the puka's coming. So spurs are like these metal sharp stars that riders cowboys typically or whatever put on their heels of their boots ninja star well no but kind of and then they dig the sharp things into the horses to make them go faster and stuff that's mean and so this guy was like put on these spurs I'll make them for you so he made these like really really sharp spurs and he put them on and when the puka came that night he dug the uh, spurs into his sides the whole time that they were riding and hurt the, basically, puka with them. And then he dropped him off the next morning and he said, tomorrow, uh, oh no. The puka was the horse? What? 
The puka was the horse. The puka was the horse. So then the next night the puka showed up again and he said, puka, puka. are you still wearing those spurs? And the man said, yes, I am still wearing those spurs. And then he says, well, then you're a lucky man because tonight was going to be your na- last night alive, but I'm not going to put myself through that pain again. So I'll let you live. So he outsmarted the puka. And I think he was supposed to be one of the only ones to like survive the puka spell, which is interesting because it's not, it was not, that story was not listed in any of the research I done, but he, the story wasn't of a real person. They don't want you to know how to defeat the puka. So either be super strong and a high king and just exhaust them or wear spurs. It seems pretty simple. What if it's not a horse? Oh, bring, if it's that. a bear, bring your firearms and your bear repellent. <laughs> your bear spray. Uh, bring your bear bangers. They don't like those. So yeah, oh, that bear. is the story of the puka. Oh. That's all. I'm dipping these in Pepsi because it tastes good. Are those Sour Patch Kids? I thought you didn't like them. <gasps> <laughs> you dropped it in the Pepsi. <gasps> Oh god. Okay. So yeah. That was this. It's having a weird reaction to the sugar, probably. It's like. It's when you like, drop a Mentos in. You ruined my thing. <laughs> yeah. But it's because it's diet. So the aspartame is like, what is this? We don't this? people to know I'm fat. Keelan. Just kidding. Anyways. So yeah, that was the story of the puka. Any questions? Keelan passed her road test. I already said that if you had listened to the episode, you weren't in. I know, but now I'm saying it. She passed her road test and she can drive herself around now, which is nice. Keelan's birthday's in four days. You also mentioned that. Yeah, it's on Saturday. Saturday. I expect gifts from every single one of these listeners. Ha. Ha ha. Why are you laughing? Because I'm hilarious. Um, no, actually, I'm actually so funny. Like, I can't even deal with myself, Kira. I'm so funny. Oh, gosh, yeah. How do I open this? It's already open. No. Oh, oh to get God. your candy out? Yeah. You cannot. You can't even see in here. It's so dark. You, you have to shake it out, and if there's stuff in there, you can't obviously do that. I need a flashlight. But it's gonna like dissolve in Alternatively, there. so that was our ghoulish tale of the puka. Help. I still can't see. I could tell another story. If you want to, I don't really care. I have nowhere to be. <laughs> that's nice, that's nice. Just like um they also actually here's another fun fact. So the puka is actually associated with Samhain or Halloween. Uh, last of the crops are brought in. Anything remaining in the fields is considered Puka territory and hence inedible. So if you don't bring in all of your crops by Samhain, then everything else is supposed to be left to the Puka and it's not edible for you because it could cause like a curse. In some communities, the uh, farmers would actually purposefully leave a small share of the crop called the Puka share as an offering to the fairy so that they wouldn't um, ruin the rest of their crops. And so November 1st is known as Puka's Day, and it's the one day of the year where the Puka will actually behave well. Isn't that the Day of the Dead? 
No, that's All Saints also, Day. All Souls Day, I think. All Saints Day. No, isn't All Saints Day today? No, isn't All Saints Day November 1st? <laughs> now we're gonna be doing I don't know, my dad was talking about it. <laughs> Wait, these are things we should know. We went to Catholic school. We still do. It is All Saints Day, so when's All Souls Day? Is that the same thing? All Saints Day is no, All Souls Day is November 2nd. Oh, What's I November just. November 3rd? My birthday. Nothing. <laughs> Your birthday, but like. Nothing like All Saints and do it. Um, so I saw something real dumb on <laughs> Facebook. Someone posted and they said that day. apparently parents are petitioning to have Halloween moved to a Saturday. So that they don't have to rush home from That's school. That's not how work. it works. <laughs> I know. So what, your kid's going to be tired? Suck it up. Well, it's just, it wouldn't be Halloween then. I'm sorry to all you parents, those nine-year-olds go to bed at five. Like, all Hallow's Eve and Halloween is October 31st. It's like, you can't can't make it another day. That's not Halloween. That's just a day that you get dressed up and go out for candy. I got it out. It's just, ugh, it just made me real angry. Especially since it's fucking, sorry, Celtic New Year. Like, don't, you can't freaking move it. Like, should we move Christmas, too? How about New Year's Eve? Let's make the end of the year February 2nd. That just feels right. Ow. It feels wow. right to me. You know what would be a better solution than moving Halloween to a Saturday? Making All Saints Day a holiday. <laughs> so no one has to worry about staying up late. It's a holiday in, like, or Ireland, just, I think. Just skip school. That's what I do. That's what I do. I mean, that's also an option. But in a lot of places, November 1st is actually a holiday. So that's something that makes a lot more sense. My next story is a true haunting story. You actually have another one? I do. I don't want to hear of it if it's scary. Of course it's scary. Um, We should just go on a rant instead. I love rants. We went on a rant about Halloween. You went on a rant. (laughs) (laughs) Halloween. Don't fuck with it. (laughs) Cure's one rule. Don't mess with my Halloween. It's my thing. Okay. <laughs> Guys, I did have another story here, but now I don't remember where I, I put it. Haunted. Haunted. Ha! Found it. Okay, so we are going to discuss the hunting in Connecticut. I'm going to practice this. Which was I already know this story. Yes, I'm but do you know this my story? eyeshadow. How do you know this story? Don't I? No, you. We talked about the movie. I think I'm thinking of something. Else. In the first. No, no, I think I'm thinking of ha, that house with all the doors and the rooms. The Winchester House yeah. that we discussed. Is that yeah, in Connecticut. That's, no. Okay, I don't know. That's in California, and that's a different. You're in California. It's an entirely different story. We did discuss the movie The Hunting in Connecticut in our first episode because it was filmed here, and they stayed at the Fort Garry. Remember? Okay. So the movie is based on the true or supposedly true story of the Snedeker Snedeker family who moved to 208 Meriden Avenue in Southington, Connecticut on June 30th, 1986. It was a really big house and the rent was extremely cheap. And so they moved there because their son, Philip, got lymphoma cancer and he needed treatment. Oh, we watch this. And instead of having Wait. to drive... No. Did we not watch this movie? No. Are Wait, you, what what you're was thinking, that then? That was, um... 
Amityville. How come everyone moves to a big house when their kids sick? Jesus. <laughs> well, anyway, we won't discuss My that. lord and savior. Spoiler alert! She moved to that house for the demons. <laughs> that well, was not a true story, it? though. Isn't the original's it? a true story. But that movie that we watched was not a true you story. Don't know that. Well, I mean, anyways. Okay, so they moved there because, yeah, he had to get chemo and stuff, and it was too far for them to drive from their home. So instead of one of the parents just going with them, they moved the whole family to a rental house uh, while he was getting treatment because it just seemed easier for them. So they found this big house, and it was super cheap, and they're like, wow, this is perfect, so let's just get out of here. But it wasn't until after that they moved in, they figured out that in 1920s, the house was a mortuary called the Hallahan Funeral Home. Um, oh. And no one told them. I was going to be like, a definition, please, but then you said funeral The reason that they figured it out is because the kids went down to the basement and there was like a whole... Corpse. No, but like a corpse table, a drain, chains, a lift, like all of these things. A body, like, because they have to like lower the body down into the basement. And then there was like a thing that they lift the body up and it would go out through this like window kind of to the outside or whatever. And... Yeah, so in the 1920s, it became that funeral home, and it was a funeral home for many decades. And they found the equipment in the basement, um, and so some of it was actually hidden behind, like, new building materials. So whoever had it, like, just didn't tell them that it was there. They figured it out themselves, and they were like, well, that's creepy. And then when they were exploring the grounds, they found a small graveyard in the back, and drawers in the house that were full of corpse photographs. So I guess, like, pictures of them after they had, like, prepared the bodies. Because that's, know, like, what they're into. That's a fun thing to keep. Kink. So not long after they moved in, they s- claimed to have been haunted by spirits. But first it started with the son, the son that was sick. Typical. He was the one that was, like, seeing things, and his personality was changing, and things were happening to him. And initially, they just thought, okay, because he's sick, he's going through treatment. Like, he's acting out, right? He's doing these weird things because he's acting out. But then it kind of started to get more and more out, out of hand. They started hearing strange sounds and said that the temperature would change drastically in most rooms and often they were seeing figures of dead people appear and then vanish. Uh, Their mother, whose name was Carmen, said once, they were incredibly powerful. One of them was very thin with high cheekbones and long black hair and pitch black eyes. He had... Another had white hair and eyes and was wearing a pinstripe tuxedo, and his feet were constantly in motion. Uh, Philip had cancer was of the immune system, so he was constantly in and out of the house being treated. Yeah. And I'm just, sorry, reading this. Um... Yeah, they had never been told that it was a funeral home before they moved in. They found out themselves. Uh, however, the former owner of the house and the neighbor, I guess, because whoever owned the house, like, lived in the neighborhood still. I'm going to blend it out. 
they claim that Carmen was told before they moved in that it was a funeral home. So she's saying that they were never told. Mm-hmm. And the former owner says, oh, no, they were absolutely told. They're just crazy, is what he's saying. Well, who knows? Carmen said one time when she was mopping the basement floor, the water turned red. And she said that dishes used to put themselves away after they left them Why out. Why are you complaining about that? <laughs> well, I'd be pissed if my water turned red. Yeah, but, but the dishes thing? The dishes would put themselves away and lights would flicker on and off even after they took the light bulbs out. Um, that looks stupid. There's a scene in the movie where their younger son apparently gets, like, put on the corpse table. I don't know what, what it's called. Movie? In the movie The Hunting in Connecticut, which is based off of this true story. Oh. He gets put on this... I don't know what it's called. Body tray? Body table? And he starts getting spun on it completely out of control. And I think um, it was the son. I don't remember his name in the movie, but his real name is Philip. And he's the one spinning him, and he kind of looks like he's possessed, and he's, like, completely out of control, and he won't stop doing it. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Philip also then attacked his cousin that was staying with them. Oh, I'm stupid. I'm so dumb. Also, I can't hear anything. There we go. Uh, yeah, so Philip also attacked his cousin, and she was staying with them, and they sorry, 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 sorry. took him from the home and sent him to a mental hospital for 45 days, thinking that he was behind all of this stuff that was happening. I'll be right back. You can keep talking. So, after Philip got taken away, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia after he was talking about the spirits that were talking to him in the house, and they said he became distant, dark, and violent. So they figured that he, because he became so dark and violent, that he was the one doing all of these things, and that when they sent him away to the mental home for that, like, month and a bit, that it would all stop. But it didn't stop. It actually continued and escalated and got worse. Apparently, the real haunting started the very first night that they moved in, um... Because Philip would start playing these really cruel jokes on the family and doing really, like, crazy, scary things and then wouldn't remember doing it. And that's part of the reason that they sent him away. Um, They regularly experienced a feeling of, like, forcefulness within the house, saying that it took on several different forms and would attack them. Uh, she said that she remembers that Philip was telling her from the day they got there that the house was evil and that he could hear voices and see people and that they needed to get out, but she didn't believe him. And apparently, um, their niece and I think they're both of their nieces were there and they were being like assaulted by the spirits. Sexually? Yeah. And when it was the kids that were being tormented, they weren't telling her, I guess, at first, because they were, like, thought they were imagining it or, like, weird things were happening. How does that even work? Yeah, I, don't I don't know, but she said eventually, she, one time she witnessed, like, the motion of a hand going up her niece's, like, shirt. What do you mean? Like, the motion like of the it. shadow? No, like, I guess, like, if someone was, like, you know, like, the shirt know. moving, like that. Oh. I like how I had to 
example that. Anyway, she said initially she was unaware of it and didn't buy into it, but then when things started happening more and more and more, she said when that happened and she witnessed it happening to her niece, she heard the creature laugh in a hideous laugh, and then it went above her body, and she could see it like hovering above her, and then it disappeared out the window. The huge. I'm back. She claims that maybe it happened because she considered herself special and can feel when things were going to happen because her grandmother was the same. So she thinks that like maybe she has some sort of medium ship abilities. You know? But then she also claims that the kids were being tormented and she didn't know. So she kind of goes back and forth on, oh, I'm very like sensitive and I know these things are going to happen. I'm very in tune to this. But then on the other hand says, oh, these things were happening and I didn't believe my son when he told me that this was going on. And oh, these things are happening to my nieces and I just didn't believe it. And people are also saying, okay, if I get if you didn't believe it at first, but then once you supposedly started believing this happening and were witnessing these things, like why the hell didn't you get out of this house? if you supposedly think this is the issue. And she said that children need stability and she wanted to keep them all together as a family and give them like a stable home. And she was just hoping that whatever was happening wouldn't kill them. What? Me as a parent. Oh, you're being like assaulted and tortured, but it's fine. As long as it doesn't kill you, you need a stable home. The hell, actually. Uh, another thing that they did was they called in uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Do you know the Warrens? Have we talked about this? No. They're like fa- they were famous ghost hunters, and they are the people that the Conjuring is based on. And they are the ones that have Annabelle in their museum. So they were called in to deal with this, and apparently they only stayed for like one day and then just told a bunch of people that oh you should do all of this to get rid of it and apparently though the guy that the Warrens asked to write the book on the story called In a Dark Place his name is Ray Garten and he went and interviewed the Warrens and he also interviewed the family member and he soon started noticing that like their stories didn't add up and that the Warrens were saying things that, like, the family wasn't saying and vice versa. And when he asked the Warrens about the differences in their stories and they are like, why aren't you being consistent with what you're telling me? They apparently told him, oh, it's fine, just make up the missing pieces of the story and make it scary. So there are a lot of people now who believe that the mother was making it up for financial gain, but she said that like she wasn't the one that contacted the media you know what i mean and this was going on for a while and she contacted uh the warrens for help right she was like we need help she didn't like go to the newscast and be like we're being tortured i mean she has done tons of interviews and stuff since that and i did see this documentary and it was actually really scary because she was talking about how they would walk into a room and their crucifix would fall off the wall or it would have been turned upside down or completely moved when they were in the house. And 
she was giving this interview on this documentary to this guy and she's in the middle of saying something and she goes and the crucifix is used to move and then you hear this bang and you look over and the cameraman's like what the hell is that and they pan and she's like the crucifix just fell off the wall and the cameraman's like can we go into another room <laughs> and he wants to like get out of there and um she's like yeah i think we're done with this so some people think that maybe the spirit was haunting them or attached to them and like went with them when they left the house philip had two other brothers i believe and they were also in the documentary and they are still adamant absolutely adamant that all these things happened and they said it got to the point where so many scary things were happening that none of them were sleeping alone or in their own rooms or anything the entire family was sleeping in the living room on the floor on like mattresses for like safety so like the three boys the parents and the two cousins were all sleeping communally on the floor in the living room because they were too scared to be alone because all of these things kept happening to them and apparently they lived there um, for like a couple years while he was still getting his treatment. Uh, Philip's treatment eventually worked and his cancer went into remission. And then they um, left, but sadly his cancer came back and he passed away in 2012 at 38 after surviving all of that but apparently uh, rumors believe that the spirits were obviously of funeral people that had been brought in there and researchers that looked into the story behind the home and trying to find out what might have been happening believed that the former funeral workers who initially opened the funeral home were guilty of necrophilia which upset the spirits that had passed on and was what led to the evil presence and they were trying to get revenge on whoever moved into the home uh, Carmen apparently later reported that the former workers were found guilty of that crime but they've never been able to prove that that was true. Apparently, there is someone still living in that home. Oh now, uh, her name is Susan Trotta Smith, or I don't know if she's still there. She was there from when this research was uh, written. And she said that she's lived in the house for 10 years and that nothing's ever happened. But people say, well, of course nothing ever happened because the Warrens came in and got all these mediumships and took care of the problem. So obviously nothing happened, but it can go either way. And a lot of people say like, yeah, it's a really good movie, but it's just fiction. And the people, the Snedeker family that lived it are still absolutely adamant that it all happened. It's hundred percent true. They still do interviews and go on TV and like the sons, the little sons are like grown adults now. They're all in their thirties and same with the cousins and the moms like in her fifties or sixties. And they all still say like, it happened. We didn't do this to make up some story. We weren't looking for fame. Like hundred percent this happened. So yeah, 
That is the story of The Haunting in Connecticut. Dun dun dun. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed our Halloween ghoul and ghost episode. We are cutting down our episodes to only two a month now instead of four, just due to busy schedules with key school, dance, everything. And just, yeah, it's been really busy. So instead of one every Wednesday, we're going to be doing ones every other Wednesday. And one of those will still be a local story. Yeah. Don't forget to send us recommendations or your own personal stories at girlsghostsandghouls at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at girlsghostghouls on Twitter at girlsggpodcast, and find our website www.girlsghostsandghouls.com. Did I spiel well enough? Mm-hmm. Have a happy Halloween, guys, and thanks for listening. Oh. Who? That was terrible. Oh, a <laughs> werewolf. Who? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who's got what takes me? Anyways, bye guys. Aha! I did it. Hi guys. Um, Kira's upstairs giving Jerry water because he's thirsty. Because I cooked Great Shepherd's Pie. Just saying. Anyway, I'm going to pause it before I come back.